Welcome to The Receptive Life. We're learning how to fight against the unholy trinity to defend ourselves with the promises that come from the person and the work of Jesus, but also learning how to receive all of the gifts that can only come from the triune God. So we're talking about the weekly practice of the receptive life. So uh, stations one through six are done uh, each day. We make our way through those stations and then uh, throughout the days of the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, we can focus on the different parts, the chief parts of the Christian faith. So on Monday, Monday would be station number seven and it would speak about the Ten Commandments. And on this day, we could examine our life through the question of what does love look like? And have I loved God? And have I loved the neighbor? So in my tradition, uh, the first table of the law uh, are the first three commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods. Uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then the second table, uh, commandments 4 through 10, dealing with uh, honoring father and mother, and thou shalt not kill, not commit adultery, uh, don't steal, uh, don't defame the neighbor. And uh, we would come uh, break the uh, final two commandments into coveting. Um, so that would be the second table of the law. Now, another way to think about uh, the law is uh, three different uses, uh, how God uses the law in three different ways. Uh, we can refer uh, to that. Our little tradition in the catechism speaks of the law, uh, the uses of the law as curb, mirror, and uh, rule and norm. So think of curb as you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, uh, you know, there is a... Um, uh, problem with your car and it veers off to the side and you don't want to hit uh, you know the pedestrians on the sidewalk so the curb is there uh, to keep um, you know keep the traffic uh, within the boundary uh, so that's not going to hurt or harm anyone who is uh, walking on on the sidewalk so we've talked about the Ten Commandments as don't trespass right a fence line it keep uh, keeps uh, boundaries for us Things that are to stay in within the boundaries. God says those are wonderful things, uh, blessings that I give to you. And there are actions and thoughts that are to be outside, not to not to trespass or not to enter into into daily life. And so uh, the first use is that of of a curb. The second is that of a mirror. We've talked about uh, spiritual diagnosis from a doctor, right? So when you go to the doctor, he's pretty objective. He looks at the tests. He tells you like it is. So also with the mirror. Uh, the mirror doesn't lie. It shows, it reveals what is truly, um, you know, who you are. And so we see the Ten Commandments then also as revealer. Um, and, and what we are to um, confess, it helps us do that and to give a good spiritual diagnosis of what's wrong, but also what a healthy uh, life is like, a life that loves loves God and loves the neighbor. The third use is uh, called rule and norm. Uh, perhaps a better way to think about this is what do, what do Christian good works look like? Um, what is God inviting us into? What type of life? And so you'll often find in Luther's small catechism, not just a prohibition, but also an invitation. You know, for example, um, in the fifth commandment, we're going to learn that we shall not hurt nor harm our neighbor, but help and befriend him 
in every way. And so uh, this talks about acts of commission, acts of omission, how we are to love the neighbor. Um, and think of it again as not just knows or don't or stop, but rather an invitation to start in God's yes and God's exhortation, his encouragement to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, to do, to live the Christian life. So those three uses of the law. And when we uh, look at the law, we're going to find that we're going to have our hands full of good works to do. Again, not, not good works that merit salvation or bring us into a right relationship with God, but rather, um, rather works that flow out of the good work of Jesus being placed upon us. We are made righteous by the works of another. We're made new, new creations. And so living as, as new creations, there's new motives, new actions, uh, new thoughts, new desires. What do those look like? Well, the Ten Commandments uh, tell us that, you know, there's, uh, our hands are going to be full of good works. And so we don't need to sit and think about spiritual things to do or invent new ways. Um, in Luther's day, that would be going on pilgrimages or entering into uh, uh, special holy orders. Uh, no, if you want to know what good works are, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, you'll, you'll have your hands full uh, of good works. The Fifth Commandment. In uh, Luther's small catechism, again, he does this in a clear and simple way. He says, well, thou shalt not kill. What does this mean? Answer, we should fear and love God that we may not hurt nor harm our neighbor but help and befriend him in every bodily need, in every need and danger of life and body. So you note there the little uh, little but there, right? We're not to do something, not to hurt nor harm our neighbor, but help and befriend him in every bodily need. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus uh, speaks about the law, um, and it's very revealing. He just doesn't deal with the outer uh, expression of the law. He gets right to the heart, uh, right to the thoughts, the nature of who we are. And he peels back those layers and, uh, like a, you know, a, a, a mirror, right? Reveals what is really, really there. So in Matthew chapter five, he says, you have heard uh, that it was said to the ancient ones, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But he says, but I tell you, that everyone who is angry with his brother without a cause will be in danger of the judgment. And so uh, if you read Matthew chapter 5, Jesus does this a number of times. He says, well, you've heard it said that you shall not murder or you shall not commit adultery. He says, but I tell you, I'm looking deep into your heart. If you're angry with your brother, if uh, you look lustfully at another, you have maybe not committed the uh, act outwardly, but you have uh, committed the act uh, within your within your heart. So this commandment is about not harming the neighbor by your hands, uh, by your tongue, in your heart. But it also speaks, as hard as it is for us to to grasp this, it also speaks about our our uh, heart towards the enemy, those who are against us. Now, maybe to understand this idea of "thou shalt not kill" or "thou shalt not murder." Um, it's helpful to speak of the two kingdoms that's, uh, that is revealed within the scriptures. There's a physical kingdom. So think of this as a, a literal sword, the civil authorities that God has established to keep rule 
and order. So think again of curb, that there are these authorities, God's way of keeping order uh, and not having any you know, chaos abound. Um, and this is, uh, this is the literal sword, uh, the physical kingdom. There's a second kingdom, which is um, the sword uh, of the spirit. And uh, this is the church. And so, um, you know, if you were to fight someone who was, was to be breaking into your home, uh, you would protect yourself in one way. But if you're dealing with sin and uh, doubt and despair and shame, now you fight in a different way. You don't use the physical sword, but rather you fight the spiritual enemies with the sword of the spirit, which is which is the word word of God. Now, I say this because in Romans chapter 13, um, the writer there, Paul, says, Do you have desire to have no fear of the authority? Do that which is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is a servant of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, for he doesn't, it says here, he doesn't bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger for wrath to him who does evil. Therefore, you need to be in subjection, not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So, uh, it's saying there, if you're going to do evil in this world, God has his way of protecting, protecting our lives, uh, the lives of the neighbor, the lives of, of the community. And uh, God has established his authority. He says, uh, he doesn't bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger of wrath to him who does evil. So again, think uh, the law as curb. Why doesn't someone go after the neighbor? Uh, and take vengeance himself. Well, uh, there is uh, authority that is set in place, and God's way of protecting our lives. Uh, is, so you just can't go after somebody and take matters into your own hands. But uh, he has the process. Uh, if you feel you have been wronged, then you can take it up within uh, the process of his uh, civil, uh, the civil process of the authorities. Now, I'm going to quote a little bit, uh, as I always do, from Luther's large catechism. So think again of it this way. The small catechism is a very simple and clear way that Martin Luther uh, uh, used to communicate the core understanding of the chief parts of the Christian faith. And then you could think of the large catechism as more of a devotional on each of those uh, chief parts. Um, so it's a helpful, um, I would recommend that if you have opportunity to either purchase it or find it online, uh, that would be helpful, a helpful devotion for your, your study. So Martin Luther says in the large catechism concerning the fifth commandment, he says, therefore God and government are not included in this commandment, nor is the power to kill, which they have, uh, taken away. For God has delegated his authority to punish evildoers to the government instead of parents. Therefore, what is here forbidden is forbidden to the individual in his relation to anyone else and not to the government. Again, sword uh, of um, the, the first kingdom, the physical kingdom. The reason for the commandments? Well, we live in a world, again, with our enemies, the unholy trinity, the devil, uh, this corrupt world that we live in, and the sinful flesh. So God wants to protect us um, from one another. Uh, and so think of when we pray, thou shalt not kill, that's just not about your life being protected from another, but also another's life being protected from from you. And so God establishes this, this commandment, the boundaries, don't, don't trespass. 
Uh, we continue with the large catechism. Luther says, but the cause and need of this commandment is that God well knows that the world is evil and that this life has much unhappiness. Therefore, he has placed this and the other commandments between the good and the evil. Now, as there are many assaults upon all commandments, so it happens also in this commandment that we must live among many people who don't do us harm so that we have cause to be hostile to them. We live again with these enemies, devil, world, sinful flesh coming against us. And so God has uh, set these commandments up between the good and the evil. So it's like God, uh, he's a father and he sees the conflict and he lovingly steps in and he intervenes. Luther describes it this way. He says, thus by the devil's incitement, you will get many enemies who cannot bear to see you have any good, either bodily or spiritual. And when we see such people, our hearts in turn would rage and bleed and take vengeance. Then there arise cursing and blows from which follow finally misery and murder. And here now, God, like a kind father, steps in ahead of us, interposes and wishes to have the quarrel settled, that no misfortune come of it, nor uh, one destroy another. So God steps in like a kind father. Uh, he continues, and briefly, he would here, hereby protect, set free, and keep in peace everyone against the crime and violence of everyone else, and would have this commandment placed as a wall, a fortress, refuge about our neighbor, that we do him no hurt, nor harm him in his body. So, uh, this is a boundary, right? A fence line, a curb, that we're not to take matters uh, into our own hands, but rather to commend it, to commend it into the hands of God. Romans chapter 12, Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. Respect what is honorable in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it is up to you, be at peace with all men. Don't seek revenge yourselves, beloved, but give place to God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. So we commend it into the Lord's hands. Uh, Paul continues, he says, Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So back to the first commandment. All these commandments have a way of going back to this, this call that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And what better way, especially when we're being attacked, right, or threatened, to entrust ourselves into the hands of God, not to take it upon ourselves um, within the system that God has established, the authorities, but rather to commend it not to take revenge, but to put it into God's hands. Um, isn't that a true mark of uh, fearing, loving, and trusting in God above all things? So the fifth commandment is about not harming the neighbor by our hands or with our tongue uh, in our heart. Uh, also, this applies to those who persecute us, those who are against us, our enemies. And uh, there is in this commandment buried not only something that we are to do, right, the act, but also a prohibition against withholding. Uh, it's often called sins of omission. So if it's within your power to do something and you fail to act, uh, that's also breaking the commandment. 
uh, there's a sense of don't do this, right? Don't hurt nor harm your neighbor, but an invitation to do, but help, befriend him in every bodily need. So aren't our hands then full of good works? No need to think about you know, what would be pleasing to God. Well, in the Ten Commandments, uh, God is very clear. The triune God speaks about this is how we are to love him, but also to love the neighbor. Again, the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we may not hurt nor harm our neighbor in his body, but help and befriend him in every bodily need. And the good news, as always, is that uh, the triune God is the perfect law giver. And if we examine our lives, if we look into the mirror of the law, we'll find that we have not kept the law perfectly. But the good news is that Jesus, our brother, is the perfect law keeper on our behalf. And as he keeps that law for us, then he is able to take our sin upon himself. So one who is innocent uh, then becomes sin for us. And he goes and he pays uh, the wage of sin, which is death. And by his death and his resurrection, he defeats the enemies. Sin, death, the devil, this corrupt, corrupt world. St. Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For him who knew no sin, he made to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. <laughs>